Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome to the Mongols Podcast. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. The Hounds announced some signings just before the end of the year. We'll break down the good, the bad, and the otherwise. Let's go. Everything was just falling into place. Bunky Azil cuts inside. With this Ron Malardi. Oh, so terrific on the Steven Dos Santos from James. And it's Mertz. Yes. yes. Guys, it's been a few weeks. It's good to see your face and talk to you again. What's uh, what's going on with both of you? What's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's been forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Remember. Wait, we jumped on like one week after taking a week off, and then we took another week. We didn't record last week, right? No, we did not record last week. Um, no, that I wasn't think... on the show the week before. Yeah, or whatever. So, like, I, I think I haven't recorded in like. Almost three weeks, I think. It's been a while, because, yeah. yeah, Justin and Steve did an episode, and then, Kev, I think you and I got together just to sort of talk about, I think we had heard that Robbie and Tommy That's right, had yeah. left. I don't think we knew yet about Ryan James. Maybe we did. I can't remember. But uh, Confession, I didn't listen to that episode. How angry were you guys? <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about it, okay? What do, you, what do you want from me? But, yeah, like I, I know you guys were, like went in pretty heated. Uh, was, it a, was it a heated episode? Yeah, I think I think Mike was more heated than I was. <laughs> I was I was heated. Yeah. Well, I think you know what. <laughs> Listen, just to set the table, this is probably going to be the last episode of the year, unless we get some other big news between now and, and Christmas, which I doubt is going to be the case. Um, and I think a lot of those feelings sort of spilled over uh, into this week once we learned a little bit more about what we're going to talk about here. So uh, I'm going to try to keep this as upbeat as we can, um, but I do think that. You know, part of our role is just sort of calling it as we see it and and having a conversation, having a similar conversation to what I'm guessing a lot of Hounds fans are having in their head right now. And uh, and yeah, just rolling with it. So it wasn't overly heated. Why, Josh, did you have any uh, any quick feelings that you want to get out of the way before we dive into who they brought back? I mean, just anxiety. It, it's all about that. Like, you know, especially during the offseason when you're seeing other people making moves, other teams making announcements. And, yeah, the announcements help now that we've had some, you know, definitive answers about who's coming back and who's not. Um, but it, it's still just, like, keeping that open line of communication from the front office would have been nice to see, you know, more so or, like, you know, at least some time frames being like, hey, we're making some announcements in like two weeks or like, you know, should have something to say. At that point, I don't care if teasing a teaser is considered like bad ideas by some people. Like I would rather them do that than completely have radio silence other than like random like buy tickets for next season. Like that, that doesn't do it for me. 25% so, yeah. off of the team store. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. Fantastic. But, you know, like remind us that there's a team yeah. to come see next year. A little bit. That'd be cool. Get some customizations on your jerseys for players who may or may not be back next year. <laughs> Pro tip, don't get a, a, a player's name on the back of your jersey. Just, you know, just don't do it. <laughs> I know right now Kevin's all-time favorite Christmas gift is that Mark Forrest jersey I got him last year or two years ago. Yeah. All-time so, favorite. Yeah. All-time favorite, yeah. He's wearing it right now for those who yeah, can't see. I sleep in it, too. <laughs> well, let's okay, let's talk a little bit about the hounds made some news they they brought back a couple of players they signed a new player who wasn't a hound let's start with the returning players so i think that a lot of us had sort of speculated based on who was left like i said we already knew that that ryan james was gone that robbie mertz was gone that tommy v was gone right before the hounds made the announcements there started to be some rumors floating around that duba might be signing with tampa this felt like a lot of people were going to be leaving so the Hounds announced that they are bringing back, um, basically, we'll break this down by position, uh, at forward, Albert Dequa. So, you know, there was a lot of conversation last year about who's better, who's better, Mensa, Dequa. Hounds decided to keep Dequa. I'm not saying that means that he's better. It just means that this is Dequa's chance to sort of, you know, earn that spot. In the midfield, we got Kenny, Danny, and Anthony, which congrats to Anthony. He just got married, so kudos to him. Um, that's awesome. On defense, we have Jordan Dover. Pause for, like, effect. That's it. Just Jordan Dover. And that's not <laughs> that's not to, like, diminish Jordan. Jordan is an amazing no, player. No, he's awesome. But, like, yeah. you know, Jordan. And then at keeper, 
Danny Vitiello. So we signed six players. We have six returning um, from, you know, the team that we had last season. Of those six, what, uh, one, two, three of them were with the team before that? So Anthony Velarde is now officially a veteran of this team. Um, guys, I have a bunch of different thoughts. Kev, you know, when you heard that the Hounds were keeping those six and no one else, what was your initial impression? Um, I mean, the the keeping those six and then the no one else thing, I'm kind of splitting those a, a bit because those six players, I mean, they're good players. I, I would, like, I'm happy to see them back. I don't think any of them are dead weight. I think all of them contribute to the overall quality of the, of the I'll say squad, because I don't think all of them should be, you know, guaranteed starting 11 players for a USL team with ambitions like the Hounds should have. Um, but all of them belong in a squad for the ambitions that the Hounds have. Um, so I think I'm, I'm happy to see all of them return. Uh, yeah, and then as far as not the people who aren't coming back, I mean, it's honestly a similar... It's a similar feeling that, that what I talked about a few weeks ago um, in the sense that, yeah, like naturally as a fan, we're allowed to feel frustrated that players who we thought were quite good last season aren't coming back. That's just how can you not feel that way? It's okay to feel that way. It's natural to feel that way. But going back to the kind of just empirical evidence, I mean, since Lily's been here, this is a usual thing that happens and every year we end up in the playoffs. Now, I say every year like he's been here for 10 years. He hasn't. He hasn't. You know. um, but, I mean, I would anticipate us to probably make the playoffs again this season without even seeing a full roster, without just seeing these six players and knowing that Lily's the coach. I'm, I'm, I think it's better odds that we're going to make the playoffs than not. Pretty good odds, in fact. So I, I try to, I'm trying to put everything in that perspective. Do I think... And then, yeah, I put it in the context as well. I'll shut up here in a second. Of what we naturally want as fans, we want to get, we want to grow attachments to certain players, and see them grow as players, um, and watch them year in year out. I don't know if that's something that's just beyond hoping for. As long, as long as Lily's here, as long as you know, there's a certain model that the club wants to abide by I, I don't know how all of that's going to roll um but so yeah these six players good players belong in the squad should we have returned more probably but you know we'll, let's we're probably gonna make the playoffs too so <laughs> josh what was your thought when you saw these six i mean happy that uh to have all of them back like there's not a single name on there where i'm like mm, really we're keeping that person like no i'm happy with every single name on that list um i think there's interesting ones like uh Vidiello being you know how he became our star keeper essentially last season out of nowhere when we thought gomez was going to be the main keeper and like not seeing gomez back it's like obviously that experiment did not succeed um and i don't think gomez is a situation where we were fighting to keep him either obviously uh so yeah i'm i'm not sad about any of these players coming back um obviously the the where it comes into disappointment is the players that we did not keep uh and we're pretty like we're 99 percent positive this is all of them right like they're, they're not going to announce again that there might be more like i'm pretty positive this is it every year when this happens the team like you know will say something or you know pittsburgh soccer now will post something and the team inevitably comes out and says like oh we didn't like say no to anybody we're just like we're, we leave the door open to re-sign them if we want these are just the ones that we've signed thus far but I think that the the running idea is that if you value these guys so much and you basically had, on almost all of these players, you had a deal plus an option for next year and you choose to turn down that option, you're looking elsewhere. Like, if they come back, it's because, like, uh, they couldn't find anything and you couldn't find anything. And so you just sort of work out a deal and yeah. that's what it is. And a lot of the major players, like uh, you guys talked about in the last podcast, was that uh, they've already announced signings with other teams even though that we have not heard anything from the hounds about not signing them so yeah it, this looks like it's it 
Um, and that's where the concern is. And I'm not so much concerned that we might, you know, not make the playoffs. It, my concern is I want to see momentum build. And just making the playoffs every year isn't momentum building. It's just a new standard. Uh, and, you know, if we want to see us winning the playoffs, I feel like there has to be some continuity. Um, or we have to sign some majorly, you know, great players. And I don't feel like Lily likes to sign players that are like, gonna you know catch on fire and be you know the new hotness in the usl he's more of a player or a coach that's going to build a squad and have good strategy and like eke it out and i feel like if that's your your mission statement you have to have some continuity if you want to see that get better um and without that continuity i'm i'm worried that we're going to have an early bow out at the playoffs like we've had in years past yeah, I think I think there's two different things that we should probably talk about here. I think one is the players themselves, and then I think two is some of Kev what you and I touched on in the last episode, which is the the approach that the organization is taking to building a team. I think that we could sit here and talk about, you know, the players that we brought back. I think we're all in agreement that these players are good players. I would argue that some of them were, you know, bench players last season so if we're coming into this and saying hey we signed six guys and four of them were actual starters for us that's even more concerning but um but i mean there's been a lot of discussion about i was trying to think of the right way to frame this i don't think this is exactly it but like are we leicester or are we liverpool you know like are we a team that's that we're going to try to build a team that you go up and you just put everything into one season and you win it all and then you start from scratch again the next season and it may not be anything or are you trying to build a franchise that, like, from the get-go, it's, no, that team is the team to beat every single season? I would say we're more like a, a Chelsea or something like that, where it's it's not even that we're bad, and we're not, like, you know, putting all our eggs in one basket and hoping for the best. Like, we're consistently just there. It's like, oh, cool, they made it again. Not a big surprise, but at the same time, you don't expect them to win at all. So we're a perennial top six, but never a top two kind yes. of thing Ar- arsenal in the last 25 years excluding the past like four or five years yeah yeah that works too yeah 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 so i i think that's but again i don't know I, now that josh is on and, and maybe you have josh you I, you definitely have a broader knowledge than i do on this i still have to cement this back in the context of what what is everyone else in the usl doing like like and i know we talked about it with louisville a bit how louisville has a Louis, bit of a his Louisville has players that have been on the team for seven years. Yeah, so that's so, uh, but is Louisville an outlier? I just don't know. I'm a bad podcaster. I'm sorry. I mean, Everyone honestly, that to is us. that that is the thing though. So like, if you look at who constantly makes the final, there's not that many names that come up, and one of them that comes up is Louisville, and they're like the most consistent in the last five or well, they haven't been around for five years, but yeah, they've been the most consistent. Um, and that's because they do have a consistent roster. Um, at least that's what it seems like. But then you have other teams, like you could say, you know, a lot of people point at uh, Red Bulls too, how they, you know, they are consistently a contender in the playoffs, at least they have been in the past, and that wasn't because they had consistent players on the roster. That's because they had a really defined definitive like strategy of play that they stuck to and they could put those pieces in and out plug them in and out and like still keep that consistency up in quality um so it is a different type of game plan uh the only problem is i feel like lily doesn't have that consistent game plan because part of his strategy is he is able to deploy different strategies per different teams that he's going up against and make those you know weird decisions that you don't see coming it surprises you and it's like okay what are we going to get when you know we play the hounds we don't know um so if that's the way you do it you just have a whole bunch of tools in your toolbox and those tools you are able to utilize however you need to for that game that's not a consistent strategy that's just a good strategic mind when it comes to the that day, that game, that that moment. So it, it's interesting. It, it just it hasn't been a situation where we've seen Lily be able to, you know, do more than just make the playoffs. He hasn't been able to win it except for one time, two times. Like I think it's only once actually. Yeah. Yeah. And something you just said, Josh. Like I think 
comparing Louisville to Red Bulls too. Both have had success. Both have, you know, consistently sort of made the playoffs, been in the hunt. I think they battle each other in the playoffs a couple of times, a couple seasons in a row. But when you look at the actual franchises or the actual teams themselves, one, just build a brand new stadium. And in theory, once COVID passes, they will pack it with fans. And, you know, they have a diehard following. And the other gets like 200 people at their games and nobody really cares. They're there basically to build talent and they move on. So I think that there's two completely different methods for building a, you know, quote unquote franchise. Red Bulls 2 is not a franchise. They're just there to develop talent and move them along. So every year, yeah, we just keep scrapping it. They're not trying to put people in the seats. They don't care. Whereas Louisville is actively trying to put people in the seats. And I feel like we need to be leaning more towards that direction. I mean, the one thing that I looked at here, basically we have, this offseason, we offloaded 73% of our roster. So if you're trying to compare us to other teams in Pittsburgh, can you imagine if the Penguins or the Steelers offloaded 73% of their roster year after year? Like people would go friggin' nuts. Like you, you just, you just wouldn't do it. And so I know they're different sports. I know it's a completely different thing. I know it's, you know, the difference between a, a D2 versus a D1, but it's just, I, I think at some point, I mean, this is, at some point we'd love to see more consistency. Um, and I, I, I would like, to, I would like to see though, if, um, I, I don't know if you looked into other teams last year, what their percentage of offload is once the season starts and we we know for sure who's staying for every team and who's not it would be really interesting to see what their percentage of return players are yeah. and if they have the around the same if you know and where they're at in the table last year uh versus this year uh coming up season like that would be a really interesting thing to look into if we still had you know the midweek show uh and we could get uh justin and steve to do some homework that would be the homework i would ask them to do <laughs> Yeah, agreed. Anyway, I think we could we could just beat this horse until we're sore about, you know, let's keep people around. But let's talk a little bit about, you know, the actual people that we brought back cuz we did bring we did bring in someone new that we'll talk about here in a second too. Guys, one of the things that I was I'm just a little bit concerned about and I think I fully expected it. I think everybody sort of fully expected it. But when the announcement came out about the six players the Hounds were keeping, um, it was one of those ones where the like the press release came out and like five of the paragraphs were about Kenny Forbes and then there were like two that were just about everybody else that's like coming along as well. And Kenny is, is an amazing player. Kenny is great. We've had him on the show. Love talking to him. The reality is that, you know, when you look back at some of the numbers, he, he made like the, the all championship, USL championship team last year as well. He was in that first 11 for them, but that's great. He's going to be 33 when the season kicks off. He missed almost a month last season, which was five games. While he was out, the Hounds won all five of those games by a combined score of 15 to nil. We scored 15 goals, gave up none. And then we plugged them back in the last two games of the season. And I am not implying that he was the reason for this, but we ended up, scoring two goals, giving up four, and losing two out of those three games. Now, when he went down, there was a lot of discussion about how are we going to survive without Kenny? Because clearly, when he steps on the field, he commands what's going on. And what we saw when we moved Ryan James into the middle, and we had Velarde and Mertz in front of him, or Griffin in front of him, we were able to move much more quickly, much more dynamically, and when Kenny came back in, everything sort of slowed back down again. And Kev, you you made the comment about like, you know, Kenny's telling people like, I ain't chasing after that guy. Like you've got I the younger legs, go get him. Yeah. So, you know, for comparison, Kenny's going to be 33 when the season kicks off. Ryan James is going to be 27 when the season kicks off. Like that's like prime. And we, we had this conversation about, hold on, just let me stop. Because I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm bleeding into a whole other topic. Do you, did, when you guys saw that like Kenny is going to be the focal point, was there any part of you that was like, mm, 
or were you just like, no, nah, that's good? Because I've, I, there have been multiple times where I have not been in sync with how you guys think. So I'm very interested to see what you guys think about, you know, Kenny being the five paragraphs versus everyone else's two. I would, I mean, I would have take, I would have taken Ryan James before Kenny, but Kenny would have been probably in my top five. I mean, to, to, to slightly push back a bit on your non-implication implication. Um, <laughs> you know, and I and I apologize for, for people who don't watch the Premier League. We, we reference it a lot, and I'm going to reference it once more here. But, you know, like Liverpool are top of the table, clear by four points, and they don't have Van Dyke. Van Dyke's going to come back into the squad as soon as he's healthy. Like, they're, they're like, so, like, to imply, like, whoa, maybe we're better without Van Dyke. We're not better without Van Dyke. And so I, I think Kenny improves the quality of pretty much any team, and I don't think we're any different. I think it's just all about how he, the system that he plays in and whether or not that system can allow him to be the best version of himself. Um, I think at times Lily struck the right balance and at times he didn't. Uh, but the fact that, you know, if, if let's say he does play in a midfield three, um, you know, having Danny Griffin right next to him, someone with a lot more energy and legs, has me a bit more hopeful. Okay, that's good. He, he needs people in there to, to do a lot of that running and chasing, and that's good. He shouldn't have to be doing that. Um, I, mean, no, he, I mean, he should, but... I'm not saying he doesn't have to run around and close people down. He does, obviously, but it's good to have legs next to him. Yeah, he 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 brings qualities and techniques that in a, a technical ability that no one else can bring in the squad. I think that's good. That's a unique ability to have, and I'm I'm happy he's back. And and to me, I I've, I honestly just think it's that simple. Yeah, I'm in pretty much the same camp. I'm I'm happy to see him back. I don't think he has to be the person we build the whole team around um and i'm not convinced he will be i think you know he is going to be the the senior player who is more of a you know a strong foundation for the mentality in the locker room and that kind of stuff like i could see him being that as far as uh, an important person on the team but i'm not necessarily thinking that means he has to also be the most important element on the field. Um, so, like, I'm happy to have Kenny back. I, and I feel like Kenny is the type of player who is going to be a consistent producer and kind of be a just a someone that we can rely on to get the job done. Um, and I'm we need that player, and I, I'm happy to have him there. I, I I want to second your point of like the locker room presence too. Yeah, I mean, Kenny is a clear leader who has been there done that in the usl and by all accounts you know works really hard in training it's, you know very he's a good professional i mean so th to have that in the locker room i think is critical to have the right kind of social structure in a club um i think is critical and and yeah he'll definitely bring that and to be honest let's see i mean if he's not there we don't we're not really returning a leader <laughs> like I, you know <laughs> jordan dover's been here for a bit and he's a hell of a player but he doesn't seem from the outside looking in he might be on the training ground but from the outside looking in he doesn't seem to have that kind of captain leadership presence that someone like kenny does um or even you know or or that kerr did previously so i think that'll be critical um yeah that kind of social structure aspect to it he, he'll be big for that I don't disagree with anything that you guys are saying, but I think that the argument could be made that if that is important, once again, Ryan James, 27, we let him go to Birmingham. Robbie Mertz is going to be 24. He's going to Atlanta United 2, which we have not talked about. Kevin, you're shaking your finger mm. like, no. Ryan James, I think, could fill that captaincy role. I think Robbie's still oh, yeah, yeah. raw enough where, you know, Robbie, uh, Robbie's un undoubtedly talented and and good but i don't he he's not that returning leader that could like command a dressing room 
two seasons ago, I was like, he should be captain. Like, not seriously. You know? <laughs> this, would, this would have been his third season with Lily. And then you have Tommy V, who would be 26 next season, and he went to San Diego. Kev, one of the things that you and I talked about was like, well, we know that it sounded like James and Mertz and Tommy V were leaving, but we had no idea where they were going to land. And you and I were like, well, if Robbie and Tommy are going to MLS, like, by all means, go. That is great for you. But, like... When you find out literally Ryan James is going to Birmingham, like we couldn't keep him to be a presence in the locker room with Kenny and Jordan and do great things. Like, yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. I mean, removing the possibility that it wasn't for personal reasons. the, The club should start acting like one of the biggest clubs in the league. And acting like a big club in the league isn't is you know keeping your best players, making sure that you don't let your players go, uh, your best players go. And Ryan James was undoubtedly one of our best players last season. Um, so yeah, I mean, you want you want to see them walk the walk as well, and to, and to see him go to Birmingham is is kind of yeah disheartening. I mean, if, if it's not for personal reasons. Shout to the you know sales and marketing department, like. <laughs> the team is only hurting your chances of selling custom jerseys. Cause like, why am I going to get somebody's name and number on them when I know they've got two to three years here max? Otherwise they're gone. Cause that's, that's just yeah. what it is. Three years is a, a, a veteran player for us at this point. Yeah. And it's, it's, I, I mean, I kind of understand Mertz. I, I don't like it. I don't want him at Atlanta too, but at the same time I can see Mertz looking at, his future and being like i want to get to mls what's going to get me there better a you know staying at the hounds or going to an mls2 team where i'm signed with mls essentially and there i could get called up at any moment so like that makes sense to me it sucks because i would hate to see him like i don't want to play against Mertz. i don't i don't want to you know have him come into the stadium and not be the hometown kid who's playing for our team i weirdly Uh, do I don't. I don't want that at all. I weirdly, I want to see like Jordan Dover put a thick challenge in on him. Oh, come like on. <laughs> My allegiance is a club, not, not to Robbie. Uh, that's funny. But no, like, and, and Tommy V, like that one, I, it's interesting. So loyal, uh, San Diego, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're, they're a club that is almost like a, situation where it feels like they're they're setting themselves up to be like uh the galaxy la galaxy um like they're they're i feel like that's what they're going for and that's what they're gonna try to be like essentially the star of the west um uh, kind of like a super club in the west and uh that's what la galaxy used to be uh, not so much now i wouldn't say that but and with you know having donovan as the coach and stuff like that like i could see the allure of going to san diego and Come on, it's San Diego. It's right. not Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I understand. 65 degrees uh, year-round. Yeah, like, can't really complain. Yeah, like, much. oh, no, not that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Birmingham, that, that's the one that hurts. Ryan James at Birmingham, that, that, that one feels like a slap in the face. Like, why couldn't we keep him? It's not like he's going somewhere special and, like, that's – unless it's a personal situation I don't know about, or, like, family or something like that. But, it, yeah, that one sucks a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay um so a couple other points here just when this came out kev before you do that and like did you get a chance to talk your true feelings on kenny i mean i feel like you set up the stage we talked about kenny and we kind of moved on i mean what are your thoughts on like i I, I don't know i'll put words in your mouth for a second i'm guessing you're happy to see kenny back it's just how he gets or maybe it's in in the context of who's not coming back maybe that upsets you why Kenny's back I'm nervous and it's it has nothing to do with Kenny it has everything to do with the way that this team is being built I think that Kenny is still an all USL caliber player that can put his stamp on a game like probably very few people can in this league um he can speed a game up he can slow it down he he has vision I think he is a fantastic player but Based on what we saw last season, based on the fact that he's going to be 33 years old and we could see that he's slowing down, to say that 
we're building our team around this player gives me a little bit of pause. That's all. When when there are other options that could have potentially been available. And again, I'm not saying you get rid of Kenny, but I'm saying you let Ryan James go or you let Tommy V go. I think if we would have kept one of those two, I agree. I think Mertz is like, Mertz still sees the opportunity of MLS and I'm like, go for it. I, I hope all the best for you in Atlanta. Um, I, I have a weird feeling it may not work out, but I hope that you get a chance and you make your mark and you get to play for the MLS team. I think that would be fantastic. But I think Tommy V and Ryan James are sort of two that, not that that window has closed for them to go to MLS, but it feels like they are sort of cream of the crop USL. And based on what we've heard, based on what we've talked about, if it's a scenario where they were like, look, we know we're cream of the crop, and the Hounds are like, we ain't paying you, that's when it starts to feel like, like we had this chance and we're just going to let it we're somebody said like we've become the feeder team for the rest of the usl and that you know last year it was greenspan and and um and nico brett where it was like they're making waves front and back and they're both gone and now we got you know james and mertz and tommy v gone and it's just i'm tired of seeing us build up these players and we're like these guys gonna be really really good and then they go be really really good somewhere else um and I, I think come hell or high water, Kenny is Lily's guy. So, like, he's going to be here regardless of what else happens. So I think that based on the success that we had when he was out, it showed that we can do it without him. And that's not to say that we should, but that's just saying that you're, you're saying let's build a team around this guy. And it's like, like we, there are other ways we can win games than have Kenny on the field. The last thing I'll say is if – I mean – when when it sounds like the the hesitancy around this entire conversation from everyone is the whole the model of let a lot of people go return a handful and then sign new players every year keep the cycle churning more than maybe other USL clubs would if lily finishes first this season we get to a final and lose what what would it take for for us? You know, is that are we are we kind of firmly in this kind of philosophical ideal of just no, this is how we think clubs should be run, and therefore we're gonna we just we just think this is how they should be run, no matter even if we win the league next season, or is it more of a you just don't think this will work, and so that's why you know it's the kind of pushback with it. I I think there's a couple of things here, right? I think one, this is Lily's this is gonna be Lily's fourth year with the team, okay, like. Yes, he's came, he came in, and yes, we've made the playoffs every time. But if this is the system that works, it hasn't worked yet. Like, we, we're, we're sort of like number one team in the regular season, first team out in the first or second round in the playoffs. And, like, are we, are we playing to be the best team in the regular season? Because if so, mission accomplished. But we're not. We're playing to win a championship. So it seems like the argument every time we get to the playoffs is – Oh, these guys are experienced. They've been in the trenches together. They know what to do. And every year it comes up with the hounds. And it's like a lot of these guys haven't been here before with this team. The pressure's on. We don't know how they're going to handle it. Where you have teams like Louisville or, you know, Indy, where you have guys that have been together for three, four years, and they, they don't miss a beat once they get into the playoffs. And, like, if you can remove that whole psychological thing of like, oh, there's added pressure because in the playoffs, you've never been in this situation, whatever. I think you want to remove it, but I don't know. For me, it's a little bit, uh, it's it's not so much that I'm entrenched and this is how you should do it, so therefore do it this way. I'm, I'm more looking at it as like, I want to see this club succeed in this city. And by that, I mean like getting butts in the seats, getting, you know, recognition, doing all this stuff. And I'm looking at how they can do that. And if if the way they do that is by winning championships, that will work. I, I know that will work. Or if they or if they're not going to win championships, they have to build a good narrative and a good structure of feeling like this team is our team. And you can't do that when it's a revolving door. Like you need to have people who you can glom onto, players that you can be like, this is our players. These these are the guys that you know have been with us. And like you have to build that narrative. Right now we have neither. We we're not winning championships and we don't have any narrative with this team any permanency with these players so it's like 
you got nothing at that point. You have a couple of really high-selling games in the playoffs, and that's it. And that's not enough to keep this team relevant in Pittsburgh. And that's what I want to see happen. Yeah. Agreed. Guys, one other point that I want to talk about here, and then we'll move on to sort of the new signing, just to sort of get your thoughts, because we've talked far more about this than I thought we would. Um, (laughs) We brought back Danny Vitiello, which I think was probably a good shout. My first reaction was, I think that Danny, I mean, clearly, I think he made two pen saves last year. So, like, he, he can play, like, especially in the pressure cooker. But we also got rid of the entire center back grouping in front of him. Like, they're not back. And I, 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 my gut tells me that Tommy V played a big role when we had sort of a revolving door keeper. You needed somebody in there that was going to keep that back line together, keep them organized, and, and keep things stable in front of the keeper. And Tommy was that guy. Um, you know, when you look at the stats, right? Danny played nine games last season. He only let in six goals, which was great. So he won the Golden Glove for that. But in those nine games, he only faced 23 shots, which is an average of two and a half shots per game. So my my immediate reaction is that's not a ton. Like two and a half shots per game is not that, you know, that, that means the defense is doing their job and keeping shots from coming on net. So I decided to go look, to put that in, in, in perspective, Brandon Miller, who is in Charlotte, he's, he's recognized as one of the, the best keepers in the league. He faced an average of, of basically five and a quarter shots per game. So almost or more than twice what Danny faced. Kyle Morton, who we are very familiar with, he was in St. Louis. He faced an average of over five shots a game. And then John Kempen, who was a runner-up for the Golden Glove in San Diego, um, he faced almost three and a half shots per game, but his goals against average was almost online with Danny's. So if we're looking and saying like Danny is the best keeper, when you look at sort of the numbers, his saves may have worked out. He has potential. Are you at all concerned that what we saw last year was Danny with an established, you know, center back taking charge Versus this year, where it's going to be Danny with a whole new center back unit. Is there any concern there at all? I mean, to me, this sounds like same song, different course, or whatever. It, it's it's we we had this exact same conversation last year when we lost Greenspan. We're like, I don't know, this this back line is completely new, and like it's 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 not the same. It's not going to be the same, and like we were really worried about it. I'm inclined to kind of be like, no, I think we're fine. I feel like, if anything, Lily's going to find great defensive players who can work together and, and get them in shape and keep them in line to the point where it's going to be like it has been for the last couple of years with our keeper, where it's like our keeper is you know, in competition for Golden Glove, and we all feel like he doesn't do that much, which is good. <laughs> Kev, do you yeah, agree? No, I mean, I... I generally agree. It's weird. Like we we'll, we'll cycle in keepers, and every new keeper gets like a new golden glove, um, and then we finally keep one, and then it's like, wait, that's not what we do. <laughs> like, <laughs> what uh, what what you know, twenty four year old kid is uh, is not going to get it this year because Danny's around. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I to be honest, it's weird. I don't think I don't think uh, def- we're as good defensively as we are. Be- this is this is gonna sound overly harsh, and it's not. I don't think we're we're such good defensively because the defenders or the keeper. I think it's just the system. It's it's the system that Lily plays and demands of his players that we defend as a team. Um, you know, everyone everyone is back in defense and doing their job. Um, and because of it, I'm I'm confident that we could not not switch out everyone. It's I'm really happy that Jordan Dever's back because I honestly thought he was one of the best fullbacks in the, if that, that I saw last season. Um, but, but yeah, Danny's great. I, I saw enough of him that I'm happy to see him back. Um, but I was never really in doubt, I think, of that to begin with. I'm, I, might have, I might be getting greedy with that comment there. or um, But uh, not greedy, complacent, selfish, I don't know. Um, but I, I wasn't really in doubt of it. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that – I was never in doubt that Danny would be back. I think that – when you just start thinking about this analytically, my gut reaction was, okay, like, not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but let's see how he does with a brand new, you know, three, 
two or three center backs in front of him? And can he command them, you know, the way that we saw, you know, Gomez do early on, just sort of take control there? I mean, that, that brings up a good point with uh, Gomez is do we think that we see Lily try to f- sign a new starting keeper and Villa is not our starting keeper? Like, because he wasn't supposed to be. Right. He came into the season as our backup keeper. Like, it, it looked like Gomez was our, you know, number one, and that didn't work out. And so he kind of got thrusted into that position as our number one. Do we keep him as number one? Or is he, you know, possibly going to play second fiddle to a new keeper that's going to be our number one? It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the signings. Yeah, agreed. Unfortunately, we probably won't hear about signings for at least another few weeks. So we're going to have to sit on that. Um, I was thinking a few months, but okay. I, <laughs> I'm trying to be optimistic here. And like I said, I didn't want this to be a downer. And, and I'm not... I'm not adamantly disagreeing with either of you on either of these things. These were just things that popped into mind whenever I saw the lineup. The one other thing that popped in my mind was, you know, where are the goals going to come from? Um, basically, our top five goal scorers last year had a combined of 26 goals. Of those top five, only one will be back, and that's Velarde. Like, you wouldn't even expect the goals to come from there. So Mensa had six. He's likely gone. Duba had five. Velarde had five. Mertz had five. James had five. So four of those five guys are gone. Considering, you know, our tendency of not really signing big named goal scorers and it's more about the system, like we're going to be relying on likely some newer, lesser known guys to fill that gap. And we'll see how that shakes out. So, yeah, I'm just if you can't tell, I'm just slightly nervous about this season. We'll see Um, for lots of reasons. But. Moving on. The Hounds did announce shortly thereafter. They, they announced the six players, and then I think it was like a day or two later. They're like, hey, you ready for another one? Um, they signed Russell Cicerone, who uh, they signed him to a one-year deal with an option for 2022, which is sort of the, the, the normal um, way that we do things. He's 26. He's played four years in the championship, the last two with St. Louis. So reached out to our buddy Phil Grooms, who covers St. Louis. He's also of the USL show. His response to Russell was, he's super nice uh, and a willing runner slash worker. He's a dribbler. He draws defenders. He's a decent finisher. He said, you wish he could pick out a better passer shot about 25% of the time, but you'll just love him. He played wing back at the end of the year and both scored and assisted from there. He also had to fill in a striker in a pinch. At times, I wanted him there more often, but I knew it wasn't right for the team long term. So I asked him, I said, you know, Lily, you know, the system will do. Do you think he will be a good fit for the hounds? And his response was, oh, absolutely. He works so hard and yells at people who thinks get their assignments wrong on the wing. So with all of that said, Kevin, what are your what are your thoughts on this signing? Sounds boss. We should make him captain. uh... (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, he sounds great. Yeah, I I haven't watched when if if I have watched him, I, I don't remember um, watching him play. But I mean, all those qualities sound good. I mean, we talked previously about the importance of Kenny in a locker room, like you know, the, the social aspects of being a club that it, that's you know pushing for great things. To to have it sounds like he has a personality that you know fits that characteristic that that we're looking for. Um, selfless players that you know have a lot of energy and want to want to contribute to both sides of the game defensively and, and offensively so um yeah no it's and yeah it, whether or not he'll play like a, a wing back system or just have having natural uh, having players that i think naturally fit like wide i, I won't even call like a winger wing back whatever i think is something that we've kind of it was nice to have in, in francois and uh, ever since Francois left, we haven't really got it back. And, and we, I don't think we had really any players last season who kind of fit that mold. Um, so to, to have a player that will, won't mind, if, um, if this is him, I don't even know, um, that won't mind kind of staying on the, t- uh, on the sideline and getting, getting chalk on his, on his shoes, um, that'll be good, I think. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's – Seems like a, a good signing, not a great signing. Like he, you know, he got ten goals out of forty nine games uh, appearances for St. Louis. So cool. Um, I'm not 
upset by the signing. I'm just hoping, you know, this wasn't supposed to be like a big announcement, like, check it out, we got him. He'd be like, oh, okay, cool, that's, that's a good player. I'm glad we got Cicero. Like, he, he seems cool, though. Uh, he did play for Cincinnati for a, a season, nope. which, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hold it against him, but he, he only scored one goal out of 10 games, so, I, I, you know, he barely played for them. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think if, if, you know, his role is to be a you know, a, a, a Danny Griffin type. I'm not saying positionally, but I'm saying his role on the team. Um, then I think it's, it's fantastic. But if we're expecting him to be a Robbie Mertz or a Ryan James, like, I don't know if that's what we're going to get. Um, I think he is sort of that, you know, when you're sort of ranking players in the hierarchy of things, I think he's that solid, like B player, but he's not that big name. That's going to put butts in the seats and, uh, and really, change games for you i mean there's also the x factor here with as far as like how he is going to perform under a lily system and you never know like we, we've had players come in that we thought were going to be like the new hotness mm-hmm. and and barely perform and we've had other players where it's like they went under a radar and they did you know great things so i'm not you know it's really hard for me to to either say yay or nay about a lot of these players we sign until we see how they react to the Lily system, and I'll be interested. You know, that's what's pretty fun. And unfortunately, I got a feeling we're not going to be able to do it this season because of uh, COVID. But I love those preseason scrimmages where we're just like seeing how they do and how they react and be able to hear Bob, you know, yell and and you know how they they perform under that pressure of Bob, and it, it's. It's going to be interesting to see how he does. Which is all the more reason that it makes it so painful when we know we have players that perform well and that system go away. But anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I look, I, I, I welcome him to the team. I, we tweeted out uh, St. Louis put together a video a few years ago. Uh, it was like a four-minute video all about Russell and sort of his backgrounds and how he, he was like he played hockey and soccer, I think, through college. And he was pretty good at both. Seems like a good personality, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, welcome to Pittsburgh for sure. Like we're we're looking forward to seeing him on the field, and uh, seeing how he can do with this team. Um, and like I said, there's a lot of people rooting for him. It, Phil wasn't the only one on Twitter who came out and said, "Oh, you guys are gonna love him. Like he's just gonna be great." So, uh, so yeah, welcome, um, guys. That's that's like that's the news. That's that's what we got thus far. We got the six players with Russell. So our roster is currently at seven. Um, this is the last show of 2020. Like I said, what, uh, what are you hoping for, for this team as we head into 2021? It's looking like we probably won't have games until May. Josh, what are you, uh, you know, if you had your magic wand and you could pick out one thing now that sort of things have started to happen, what would you uh, add to that? I mean, as far as the team goes, I just want to see a roster that looks more fleshed out obviously and to feel i want to feel confident in this team and i I still think that can happen with some good signings um but honestly at this point i just want to see magic wand waving i just want to be able to watch this team live again (laughs) like you know i mean like it felt like a season didn't really happen and so i'm i'm just excited to get back into it yeah kev magic wand Magic wand. I think just quickly. I think a lot of of the off the field stuff is going in a very good direction. I I, I constantly reference like the training complex and everything. Um, you know, we have one of the best stadiums in the U.S. for any sporting event. Period. <laughs> um, uh, you know, we have a winning manager. Um, but I, as far as the team itself and the players coming in and everything, yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to, I, I would love to see a hungry, strong team from game one out of the Hounds. Um, that would fill me with the highest confidence. Um, you know, if we saw that, I'd be like, yeah, we're, we're set this season. Um, and I don't know what that. Honestly, that that could be a team full of like meh signings, if it just fits. If it, if everything fits, if the puzzle piece fits correctly, that's great. But so yeah, I don't think I don't know. I, Lily's never gonna sign 
Wayne Rooney. Like he's not. <laughs> he's not <laughs> that feels like that's a whole other podcast right there. Um, <laughs> you know, I he he has now shown he has a way of working. Like it or not, it's here. We tend to look good. We make the playoffs, and things get exciting. So I, you know, I, I think that'll be good. I think the biggest thing now that'll push us over the edge is if we start strong and we, if we click early, um, which you know, yeah, I think I think it'd be great. I think my magic wand, if you guys couldn't guess this over the course of the show, is probably to see like Danny Griffin and Anthony Velarde signed to a not necessarily a long-term deal but like i'm already waiting for them to not come back next year like it's just because i'll look like there's their time their time's up they're gonna be gone and we're gonna have to replace them and we're gonna see them go do well somewhere else so i would love to see this team evolve into um more of the franchise feel than a arsenal or chelsea feel where it's just we're going to bring in players and see if it works and we'll probably be in the top six but then like don't expect us to go any further because we just don't have the experience we're too young we can't we need more years and then we get rid of everybody so um i feel like i should read moneyball i haven't read that book before (laughs) i have and i think moneyball is great and it works but again like this is not me knocking Lily at all. Lily is one of those the most successful managers in the history of U.S. soccer. But I think in all of his years, he's won the championship once. So, like, at some point, like, we gotta gotta get a little bit more. We gotta change it up a little bit. And it, it, we, you know, there's constantly conversation. Has the USL passed Lily by? No, it has not passed Lily by. He is not... You know, a, he's not managing a bottom feeder team, but I do think that the USL is evolving and what it means to be a championship team in the USL is very different in 2021 than it was in 2015. And so if you're going to grow with the league, then we need to grow with the league. And it's it's less about the players and it's more about the franchise and the team and all of that. So, Yeah. Oh, that feels like a downer. I hate that. Why did I say that? (laughs) All right. Well, let's do this. We're going to wrap up this show. I promise uh, for those who are Patreon followers, our after show will be much more uplifting uh, and spirited. Um, And I want to take a moment. Or not. We can't promise. (laughs) Anyway, I want to take a moment to thank everybody who has listened and followed all year long, even though, you know, the season has been sporadic. It's been all over the place. Our schedule is likely going to be sporadic and all over the place here in 2021 until we actually get a season going. Um, We will try to bring in some of these players and do interviews like we do every preseason. We'll try to get Lily in and talk to him as well, get his thoughts on how the team is shaping up, what he's looking for. Um, but, uh, But no, thank you, everybody. We know this whole year has been rather chaotic for everyone. Um, here's to some, uh, normalcy, some sense of normalcy next year. Um, maybe games back in stadiums where we can like see people again, which would be great. I had to drive into Pittsburgh, uh, just the other day. And I realized the last time I was in Pittsburgh, um, was February for Hounds preseason game and like driving past the stadium with the lights off was like kind of depressing. So it'll be great to see the lights back on and be back down there hanging out with everybody. So here's to a, a better season. Hopefully everyone has a great holiday. Um, I'm just going to, you guys know the outro. I don't need to read it. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.